Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Taking you up to 6.30 tonight on 106.7 The Fan. We're Grant and Danny, and you are locked in. We're live from the St. James. We appreciate everybody listening to the show. We're on site for the PLL tournament that's going on. They're barnstorming different cities and having tournaments of six players from some of the best teams in the PLL circuit. And uh, they're expecting a huge crowd today. The games are televised on ESPN, so we're happy to be part of it and on site here on 106.7. The fan, if you're near the St. James in the Springfield area, please stop by and say what's up. We've been watching a lot of uh, high school and youth hockey. Just amazing Yep. how much better at everything that you have to do to play hockey, all of these young people are, than us. That's what happens when you grow up in this area with sheets of ice now, which has changed because of the Rock the Red era and Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, make no mistake about it, that's why. Something that Tarek El-Bashir has covered quite a bit throughout his career and talked a lot about over the years, that Ovechkin impact. And he joins us right now on GND to talk about the ailing Capitals. He covers the team for the Athletic. Tark, before we get into the boys taking on water here and their inability to score – it is fitting, I think, to bring this up with you. It's something you and I have talked about over the years off air a lot, I know. But your son was a really good youth hockey player and spent a lot of time uh, in buildings like the one I'm sitting in. Isn't it just incredible? I mean, we're watching these kids come in with their gear and play you know, by the dozens, these tournaments all day long at the St. James now. This just wasn't a thing before Ovechkin in this era in the D.C. market. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, you know, USA Hockey calls it the Ovechkin effect, and it's a real thing. Um, you go back to 2004 when, when Ovi was drafted, and then his first year, 05-06, you can draw a straight line between the time he hit televisions here in the D.C. area and the, um, the explosive growth of youth hockey um, in Maryland, Virginia, and D.C. And what you're seeing now is you're seeing the level of player is also getting better. Um, hockey is now attracting players that might have otherwise become point guards or quarterbacks. Maybe they are point guards or quarterbacks, but they also play hockey. And what you're seeing is these, these elite athletes who are now playing on these local hockey teams, they're going on and playing at the next level. They're playing junior hockey at a high level. They're going on to play at prep schools in New England. They're going on to play NCAA Division One hockey from this area. And, you know, it, it's not uh, totally unheard of. Um, you, you know, we saw it in Pittsburgh uh, back in the 90s when, when Meryl Lemieux and Yarmir Yager were, were winning cups. You can draw a straight line from, from the, that time to a handful of NHL players that came out of Pittsburgh. So, um, you know, hopefully what we'll see here 
in the near future is some of these kids who were a product of the Ovechkin effect start becoming real players at the pro level. Well, Tarek, at the pro level, Caps are struggling. They've made the postseason 14 of the last 15 years, eight straight. We know about the Stanley Cup win in there. They've, they've gotten bounced to the first round each of the last four seasons. They're outside right now, the, the playoffs looking in. Is this team good enough? Is this team just not playing well now? Is this team good enough to do it? Just kind of give me where we're at here. Yeah, it's bleak, Danny. It, it really is. Um, you know, they got 23 games remaining. Um, they are now three spots out of a playoff berth. Uh, they've lost five games in regulation for, as far as I can tell, the first time in nine years. So it's been a long time since they've been this bad. And the last time they, they lost five games in regulation in a row was 2013-14. And what was that? That was the one time That's during weird. those 15-year span that you, missed, you mentioned that they missed the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, the pressure's on. I, you know, you never want to use the word must win. It's a cliche, and it really isn't true until you get to a, to a point in the season where you actually have to win. But these next three or four games for the Capitals are, are paramount um, uh, for a number of reasons. You know, there's more and more teams getting between them and a playoff spot. And, you know, when that happens, you're not only chasing points, you also have to count on other teams to struggle. And that's where it gets really dicey. But the other reason is the NHL's trade deadline is coming up on March 3rd. The Capitals have 10 unrestricted free agents. That's an unusually high number of free agents. Brian McClellan, the general manager, has never sold since he's been in charge of this team in uh, 2014. But if they don't turn things around here really quickly, this might be the first time in a long time Instead of adding players for a playoff push, the Capitals are going to be flipping veterans for prospects and picks. Yeah, I want to get into that and the idea of selling and what that could look like with Tarek El-Bashir of The Athletic in a moment. But uh, just to give people a little perspective, right, because for the diehard fans, they don't need this. But there are plenty of casual Caps fans listening who I think it just helps to provide the numbers. So what is essentially at stake here is two wild card spots which is going to be the seventh and the eighth teams in in an eight-team field. The team right right now in seventh has 65 points. The team right now in eighth has 64 points. The Capitals have 62, okay? So they're right behind those teams. They're very much in the convo, and they have one game in hand over those teams. I think the bigger problem is there are two teams ahead of them, to Tarek's point, who aren't even in the playoffs, that are ninth and tenth. Again, eight get in. The Caps are 11th, who have played three fewer games than Washington. So I'm not as worried, say, about the Islanders and the Panthers as the Penguins have a chance for six points that the Caps won't have a chance for because they get to play three more games because they've played fewer games. Same with the Red Wings. The Sabres have played four fewer games than the Capitals, two points behind them. So I just give all that math to make kind of the picture make sense for people as they're driving around. That having now been said, how did we get here, Tark? Well... That's a great question, and it's multi-layered. Um, you know, in December, when this team was laying waste to the rest of the league, they went 11-2-2. Two, and two. Um, You know, they were on top of the world. They were, they were talking about, you know, potentially challenging Carolina for the division or at least closing in on Carolina. And what happened after that was uh, the secondary scoring that it really buoyed the team in December just straight up disappeared. Um, uh, you know, Eric Gustafson came out of nowhere and scored a lot of goals. Um, uh, 
you know, Nick Dowd was also filling up the net that he got hurt. Um, and, and so that brings me to my next point. It's also injuries. I mean, there's only so much you can do uh, when you're faced with the type of injury challenges that this team has faced all year. I, you know, like I mentioned, Dowd was outstanding in December. He missed a lot of January. He just came back last game. Um, John Carlson is a big producer on the back end. I, I know, you know, he can be, kind of become a whipping boy for fans because it seems like he's turning the buck over. Well, you know what? I think fans that are critical of John Carlson are now seeing what he actually brings to the table. When a player plays 24 minutes a night against top competition, you're going to turn the puck over every once in a while because the puck is always on your stick. But he also generates offense from the back end, and that's something that has been missing uh, since he went out. You know, um, uh, also in the time frame where they kind of, you know, maybe lost some of their magic, lost some of their luster after December, the, the Cats were also trying to reintegrate Tom Wilson and Nicholas Backstrom after they had missed the first half of the season with long-term injuries. You know, that disrupted, in my opinion, the chemistry a little bit. You're bringing in two big-minute players, two big personalities to a team that had kind of figured it out without them. But, you know, on paper, they're better with them. So now you've got, you got to bring them back. And so – you know, maybe that was to, you know, to, to borrow a, a Star Wars term. It kind of created a disturbance in the force a little bit, and something kind of got off filter there. And they just haven't been the same team since since um, that hot December. They've looked more like the team that kind of muddled its way through October and November. And so, if we're being honest here, December starting to look like the outlier for this team. And what we've seen before and since might be what this group really is, which is brings me to my final point, which is here over the next few days, assuming the Capitals, you know, don't turn it around and just blow out the next three opponents and look like world beaters again, this might be an opportunity for management and for ownership to take a real hard, honest look at what they have and decide that maybe it is time to, I don't want to say punt on the season because that's not the case, but start looking at the near-term future, maybe start flipping some of these these veterans on expiring contracts for prospects, picks, and young roster players that can help kickstart a retool on the fly. They're not going to do a tear-it-down rebuild. They promised Alex Ovechkin and Nicholas Baxton. That's not happening. Alex Ovechkin is not catching Wayne Gretzky if this is a bad team. He doesn't want that. Ownership doesn't want that. But they've got to do something to get this team closer to the New York Rangers um, and the New Jersey Devils than they are right now. The Athletics' Tarek El-Bashir with us here on G&D. Thank you for the Star Wars reference. It nurtures my soul. Uh, Tarek, you mentioned ownership here. Um, and the other team that Ted owns uh, in town is getting ready for the Ted Leonsis Classic, which is the play-in game uh, or the little tournament. I mean, they're going to rename it in the NBA the Ted Leonsis Classic because that's where his teams are stuck in perpetuity. Will he let a, a retool happen? Will he let anything other than just go for it and, and see how it goes? It seems to me he doesn't like to prioritize for the future. Hasn't had good reason to with the hockey club because the window's been open, but this isn't the same group anymore. Will he let a teardown occur? I, I, I don't think you're going to see a, a burn-it-down-to-the-ground rebuild. Uh, you know, as I was saying, I, I, I feel like assurances were made to Alex Ovechkin, the most important player on the team, and to Nicholas Baxton and John Carlson when they were negotiating their long-term extensions that they weren't going to go through what they did in 2004 when they traded away Yarmir Yager and um, uh, you know a host of other really, Peter Bondra and uh, Robert Lang. Remember, remember that when they that was literally oh, a yeah. fire sale. 
Yep. They're not doing that again. What they need to do is they need to try to execute what what is you know a, a tricky a tricky play, but that is to retool the roster, get younger, get faster, get hungrier um, by moving some of the, your older players who you might not be bringing back anyway. If it is as bleak as it appears, and and the math looks as difficult as 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 it does to me, maybe it is time to you know hit the reset button a little bit. Not a total tear it down because. That's not necessary, but you do need to add um, – uh, you, you need to get younger, you need to get faster, and it wouldn't hurt if you brought in some, some, some players who maybe have something to prove. Um, and so I, that is something you can do. Uh, you know, if you go back just a few years, uh, St. Louis traded Kevin Shattenkirk, who you know, was a one-time capital at the deadline, got some, um, got some assets in return, and um, ended up making the playoffs anyway. Didn't go anywhere. But two years later, they won the Stanley Cup. So it's, the Rangers have also executed a, a retool on the fly. It's not an easy thing to do, but it takes commitment. It takes forethought. And in my opinion, I feel like the Capitals are headed in that direction. Tarek Al-Bashir of The Athletic. Yeah, I get people tweeting me and, and hit me up all the time on social media, Tarek. And they say, you know, one version of, well, when are you guys going to start advocating for a teardown? And I don't even think they should do that. A, they're not going to, to your point, because of Ovi and Backy's deals and what they promised them. But I also don't think they need to. If Ovechkin's going to continue to play at the level he is, I think they can make some heady-savvy moves, like they've done with Dylan Strom, like they've done with uh, Sonny Milano, Milano yeah. is another example. Sonny like Milano, you, yeah. You can find talent, right? And, and you, you have these guys now under contract. What I would do, though, to your point, is I would absolutely trade some expiring deals. I view it almost like what the Nats did, where, hey, if you're not bolted down moving forward, we're getting something for you. We're getting picks. We're getting prospects. So looking at some of those contracts, I'll just kind of go through the specifics, then I'll get your thoughts. I mean, you got Backstrom, Kuznetsov, and Oshie all on the books for another couple of years with Ovi. Mantha I would sell in a heartbeat on, but I don't think they can get anyone to take on 5.7 mil. It's been a really disappointing season for him. He's got a year left after this, as does Tom Wilson. But the free agents include now. Lars Eller. Lars Eller's probably not going to come back. I, I don't know what the market would be for him, but that's the kind of name we're talking about. I have interest in Garnet Hathaway returning. Uh, that fourth line with him and Dowd has been fantastic. But he's a free agent. Connor Sherry is one of the hardest-playing guys on the team. I love everything about him. He's on an expiring deal. He would have some value, I think. Uh, Marcus Johansson's a UFA. And then pretty much... Every single defenseman on the team is a UFA, it would appear. Orlov, Jensen, Van Riemsdyk, uh, Gustafsson. I think all of those guys would have some value. So are you saying maybe of, of the names I just rattled off, right, that the Ellers and the Hathaways and Orlov, like something like that is, is what a sell-off might look like with those guys? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say all of them, but if this team continues to struggle here over these next very critical games this week. You know, I, I think McClellan's going to have his hands tied. I mean, at, at some point, you know, if it looks like the math is just getting too hard, you know, going down swinging is, is, is not the right move here. Um, and you're right, Lars Eller has a wealth of playoff experience. Some young team could use a third, fourth-line center who can win a face-off and is shown, everyone here in D.C. knows, can score big goals in big moments. Um, Garnet Hathaway... You know, he's a fan favorite here in D.C., but at the same time, you can probably get a pretty 
price for him. You know, to a young team, let's say, like the Devils, who probably need a little bit of sandpaper, need a, a, a veteran player who's designed to um, – uh, to, 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 to play for play in the playoffs. I mean, that's kind of what his game is, right? Um, Marcus Johansson, versatile player. He's another guy who could bring value to a playoff team. Dmitry Orlov is the big fish, right? I mean, um, I think the Capitals, from what I hear, they'd like to bring him back, but it's going to be tough to sign a 31, going on 32-year-old player to an eight-year extension. Then you're kind of making the same mistake you made with some of your other older players. So um, you know, Nick Jensen is another player that uh, defenseman that I think would would hold some hold some value to um, a playoff team looking to bolster its depth with another puck moving defenseman. You know, Eric Gustafson, he's here for one year. He's been on five teams in five years. I like his game. He's done well. He makes eight hundred thousand dollars. That's his cap hit. He's the he's literally the number one um, uh, most efficient defenseman in the league in terms of cost per point. Someone can use them. Can you know a player that you didn't spend a whole lot on? Can you flip him for a prospect or a pick? Most likely, it'll be a mid-round pick. So, you know, this is a good draft coming up this year. Um, uh, and then they'd be able, Tark, to your point, if they reload that way, let's say with some of what you're talking about, like it's not like they're bad for the next couple of years. You start next year in a better spot to try to run it back now, and with these final couple of years of Ovi, Backy, Oshie, and and the core Correct. of the Cup winners. No, you're, you're in a pretty good spot. How, what about this, though? And Tarek Al-Bashir, who is more plugged in on the Caps than anybody in this town, joins us. You should read his work uh, on the Capitals if you're not already in the athletic. Here's my billion-dollar question. Could you move Kuznetsov or Manta without paying like something to do, without taking on some of the money? Or would they be willing to move either of those two guys? Because those are the big money guys that are under contract right. beyond this year. That, to me, right. I would have interest trading. Well, it depends on what the market is. I, I, I would think that Anthony Manthes had a tough season, and he just got injured against the Red Wings last night. I think he'd be tough to, to move for an asset right now at the deadline. You know, the market changes in the summer. Um, could you do something in the offseason with, with Mantha? Perhaps. Um, if Guinea Kuznetsov, like you said, you know, he's, he's the big fish here. If if you really wanted to kickstart a move, you could probably get a decent amount from him. I, I don't think he you're, that is going to, even though he hasn't had the, the greatest season, I don't think he's the type of player where you would have to sweeten the pot just to get rid of that cap hit. I, I think you could actually get a decent return for him. I know they investigated it a few years ago, decided, hey, we spent the last, you know, the, the, you know, the several years before he got here looking for a second line center to play behind Nicholas Baxter. Now he's our first line center. It, it, I don't think they really want to go through that again. I, I don't get the sense that he's a player they would consider moving, but um, I do think that you could probably get several nice pieces and, which could really you know, supercharge um, a, a retool on the fly. And sorry to jump around here, Grant, but you know, another point we were making as we discussed these, these free agents and, and maybe um, you know, flipping them for, for picks, prospects, and young players, there's also some guys down in Hershey you know, the Capitals prospect pipeline isn't highly thought of, but there are some players down there that eventually, that you spend first-round picks on, eventually they got to have somewhere to go. Yeah, it'd be at nice to point, see them Connor at McMichael, some point, right? Connor McMichael and Hendrix Lapierre, eventually you got to give them somewhere. You can't just keep re-signing your 32-year-old free agent. At uh-huh. some point, 22-year-old Connor McMichael and 20-year-old Hendrix Lapierre need somewhere to go. Um, Alexei Protoss needs to be a full-time NHL player here at some point. 
Um, uh, you know, Vincent Iorio, he's probably another year down the road. But, you know, at some point he's got to have a place to go. So, you know, when they're putting together this gigantic, you know, um, jigsaw puzzle, that's another thing that people don't usually talk about. Fans, I don't think fans talk about enough is you also have to reserve some spots for, for your players to be promoted or graduated, as they say, from AHL Hershey. Or what's the point in drafting them to begin with, right? Tara, quick one before we let you jump. Coach Laviolette, give me a letter grade for the job he's done this year. We haven't really talked about him much. You know, it's funny. I know he catches a lot of flack on, on social media. I, I, I see it all the time. But you look at the not only the number of, of injuries this team has had to deal with, but you also look at the types of players that have been in and out of the lineup. I mean, I know they've taken a, a pretty hard turn in the wrong, wrong direction here over the past few weeks, but, you know, I, I, letter grade, I, I would give them a B, B minus. I mean, this was such a difficult hand that he was dealt. I, I mean, I, I'm not sure a less experienced coach would have been able to even have them in the playoff conversation given how many key injuries this team has dealt with this season and even previous seasons. And if you want to go back a little further, I thought he did a pretty good job of shepherding this team through, you know, some unprecedented, you know, times in the world, right, with COVID and everything. It, you know, he's kind of been dealt a raw hand in terms of, um, uh, in, in terms of uh, injuries and, and personnel. Uh, you know, that said, the big question here going forward, he's in the final year of a three-year deal, is going to, you know, we haven't talked about this yet. If you're talking about moving, moving some of these veteran pieces and maybe going into a retool, is that something he wants to be a part of? Is that something that's a good fit for him? You know, over the course of his career, he's done a really good job. I, I think he does do a decent job developing players, but he, he, he does a really good job of dealing with a room of, you know, late 20- and 30-year-olds. If this team gets a lot younger, you got to maybe make a decision there too. So there's a lot of really big decisions that are going to have to be made here um, over the next few months of this Capitals team. That's a great point. Yeah, Brian McClellan has done a nice job, but, man, will he have his hands full. And really, they're going to have money. They're going to have flexibility, versatility that they yeah. have not had in an offseason right. in years. So it's going to be fascinating, not just at the deadline, but really going into the hiatus uh, after the postseason, whether they make it or not. Tark, awesome. Thank you so much. A lot of good information there to chew on. We'll catch up with you probably after the season ends, but thank you. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. See you, buddy. Check him out in the athletic. Tarek Elbashir with us here on Grant and Danny. Good deep dive on the Caps. I was there last night, Danny. Man, it was tough. You know, everybody was just waiting for them to battle back, get that win. They needed those two points. It's the kind of game for years. You're teetering on the wheels coming off, and they come out and they win 5-1, and they just don't have it right now. It's just they, they, they're looking for that gear. You know, like you're searching around to your right in the car for that extra little button or that extra little thing to, to hit the gas pedal, and it just isn't there right now. Obviously, missing Ovechkin is killer, but, again, I, I, can't, I like Marcus Johansson just fine. Wonderful dude. I'm glad he's here. I can't have him be my second-leading goal scorer. Like, th that just tells you that that's the story for me. It's the whole thing. Right? I, I know people don't like hearing about injuries because they just think it's a, a cheap excuse. It's been a disaster of a year yeah. from a health standpoint, starting with – Connor Brown tearing the ACL, who was going to be their top-line forward. You name a capital, they've missed some time this season, uh, or a lot of time in some cases. And uh, it, it adds up. But in the meantime as well, the, the window was about this year for them trying to get over a hump that it's going to be hard to get over now. They're trying to make the playoffs. So good combo with Tark there. 
GND on the fan. We were talking at the start of the show about some of the assistants Eric Bienemy is bringing into Ashburn to interview today. We'll tell you who they are and where they're coming from. Let's get into his offense and what it's going to look like in Washington. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Next, right here on The Fan. With Danny, I'm Grant. We are at the St. James in Springfield today. Stop by and say what's up if you're in the area. We're down by the hockey rinks. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan. Eric Bieniemy, the new offensive coordinator of the Commanders, is working on filling out his staff. We know of a few of the assistants here in Washington over the last couple of years who are making their way out of the commander's organization to go elsewhere, including Drew Terrell, their receivers coach, who's been elevated. Good for him. Great opportunity in Arizona to be a passing game coordinator, which means he's on a fast track maybe to even becoming an offensive coordinator if things go well with the Cardinals. But the enemy today is interviewing two pretty interesting names. Tavita Pritchard, who's the quarterback's coach at Stanford, who gets credit for developing Davis Mills into being an NFL prospect from a school where you, know, you don't have a ton of quarterbacks who come out and get drafted high. Obviously, Andrew Luck notwithstanding, and you go back far enough decades ago to John Elway, but uh, it's been a long time. And Danny, how about not just Pritchard, a collegiate name, which I love because it means you're not afraid to blend the college yeah. Saturday ways of offense with Sunday's NFL ways, but Greg Lewis – Meaning, Andy Reid wasn't kidding when he said, look, if Eric gets a job, he's going to want to bring some of our guys with him. If they can give them promotions, I'm not going to stand in their way. He's putting his money where his mouth is if they let Greg Lewis, who's at the facility today, take a job in Washington to do a little more than he was getting to do with Big Red in Kansas City. It's the way it's supposed to be, right? It is the corollary of success, right? It's a compliment. Nobody's rating, you know, Ron Rivera's staffs uh, over the last couple of years of former Carolina Panthers uh, coaches, right? But they were rating Mike Shanahan's staff because you've got a bunch of bright, sharp dudes, and that's what you're looking for. It's the inevitable thing, right? If you guys perform well, the, the high tide raises all the boats. So, yeah, good for Andy Reid for living up to his word, but it, it is exciting. It's, it's the formula you and I have talked about for so many years, which is if a guy was the second assistant in a place where they're, they're great, Make him the first assistant here. If he's the first assistant, you make him uh, something even higher than that. Whatever you got to do to bring in people that have experienced that kind of success from a great organization, you just hope some of that rubs off on you. Here's a question we can pose on the MGM National Harbor listener line at 
636-1067. I wonder what people think the offense will look like compared to that of Kansas City. Because I do kind of find it interesting, and I'm guilty of this, I think, a lot of the time too. We look at what a coordinator's scheme or a coach's philosophy was in their last stop, and we assume that's exactly what it's going to be in the next iteration. Yep. Which, if you just think about your own life and your own jobs and the, the things that you've done, that's just not how it works at all. In other words, you're going to have habits. You're going to form ways of doing things that will follow you wherever you go probably. But if you leave this market with your kids because you've got to go work somewhere else or whatever, and you do a show with another bearded dude in, in afternoon drive, it's not going to sound the exact same. The show won't be the exact same, right? But yet we, we expect that because Bienemy is in Kansas City and this is what the Chiefs offense looks like, that that's what he's bringing to Washington. And it's foolish. He changes. You learn. You adapt. He's going to have completely different personnel. Instead of Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback on the planet, you've got a guy who started one game. Probably going to ask him to do a little bit less, right? Whereas the Chiefs' strength may have been their offensive line last year. The strength here is the wide receivers, and a weakness as of this moment, hopefully it changes, is the offensive line. That alone makes you a different coordinator. Right. Not to even mention, we assume just because Biennemi worked under Andy Reid that he thinks the same way, that he wants to do everything the exact same way. We were just talking about the Capitals. Brian McClellan had very different philosophies right. than George McPhee, as we saw in his first free agency when he went out and threw a bunch of money at defensemen. He, he worked under him for a decade. You know, everyone just assumed he's going to see everything the same way, and that's not necessarily the case at all. You know, if Ryan just started filling in and hosting for one of us, he might want to do things very, very differently, right? So we, we kind of act like we have the enemy pegged for knowing exactly what he's going to be, and I just don't know if that's fair at all. It's not. I mean, all, all we're, we're starved for information here, right? We're trying to figure out what we're going to do, and all we have is the samples that we've got, and they're not great. Right, they're, taint, they're tainted. They'd be thrown out in a court of law it, it, when it comes to anything definitive we're talking about the enemy. I know where they need to improve the most, and I'm hoping that anything that he does will be with those governing principles in mind. Right? I, I mean, to me, this group, the, 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 the teams they're associated with in, in this one particular category, third down percentage. Now, how do you get good on third down? It means you're good on first down. That's a Jay Gruden line, right? It means you're probably good on second down. You get third and manageable. But the teams they're in the company with are, were the dregs of the league in terms of offense this year. Broncos, Texans, Colts, Jets. That's who they were in the company with in terms of third down percentage. That's too many third and longs. That means too many first down stuffs, too many first down runs, too many first down, you know, second, third down a distance that turn you to one dimensional. Can't have that. Second thing they need more of in a major way, and you saw this a couple times this year, and their highest point totals came in games where they did this, big plays. This is, this is a Grant Paulson line, a chunk yardage league. If you want to force teams, what people are doing right now is, is the, the, the day of the blitz is over. It's now rush three and play coverage on every great quarterback and make people dink all the way down the football field, 10, 12, 13, 15 play drives. Inevitably, something gets screwed up and you get the football back. I saw a stat today from Warren Sharp that speaks to what you're talking about. Over the last 10 years, it was from 12 to 22, uh, over the last 10 football seasons, the average yard per play through the air, I think it was like yard per completion, uh -huh. down one full yard. And I think it's because defenses are saying, you're not beating us deep, Yep. right? Like, we're not giving up 40. We'll give up five. 
And so passing games have gone more horizontal than vertical because of what you're talking about. I th- and I think so. I think that's the trend for defensive coaches. I think it's the trend for offenses. It's the trend to try to keep quarterbacks upright. It's, it's everything. Each is you know, continuing to feed out of the same trough. Big plays are at a premium. Guess which two teams, off the top of your head, had the most big passing plays of over 25 yards this year? Guess which two teams? Take a, take a weird, a wild stab of the 32 teams that played football games this year. Which two had the most big plays in the passing game? Chiefs and Eagles? That is so crazy because that's correct, and they met in the Super Bowl. Weird coincidence how that went down. More of that. That's where big offense is going to come from. That doesn't just mean you're, you're playing like it's, it's Madden in high school and there are no repercussions, and you drop back and do four verts every play. Well, by the it way. It means you've got to find the time to get it, to scheme it up, to get that look where you get a defense leaning one way, and then you go the opposite. Those big plays are what they need. The Eagles are not only a run-first team. They're yeah. a run-dominant team. Uh-huh. I mean, they, they'll have games where they might be two to one. I know people hear that, and they go, <laughs> Whoa. and they laugh around here. But the Eagles have plenty of those games where they just stop throwing because they're up 15 in the second half, and they just don't have to punt again because they'll run the clock down and score more points by just pounding the football and going down the field on these eight, nine-play drives. But guess what? When they throw it, they create explosive opportunities. You don't have to throw it a ton in terms of quantity if the quality is there and you're scoring points. We saw that. Now, they have a lot of, I think, games on their ledger, like they had here in Washington, remember, when they were up 24 to nothing at halftime and didn't score again the rest of the game? Because they just start running it and punting and trusting their defense. Both their coordinators are gone. They're both head coaches now, one with the Colts, one with the Cardinals. They're going to have to go back to the drawing board and, and you know, tinker with some of their philosophical stuff. But it's not a coincidence, you're right, that those big chunk plays – the teams that make them the most are going to win a lot of football games. So I, that's the end game for Biennemi is finding out how to get there. Yep. But I, I just wonder what the image of this offense is going to be. Like the idea that we're going to all of a sudden turn on our TVs and the commanders are going to look like the Chiefs is not correct. Travis Kelsey's not coming through that door. Patrick Mahomes isn't making the trip, nor is Andy Reid. What will Biennemi's offense look like? That is the question. I want you guys to take a stab at that. And how will it compare to what the Chiefs run in Kansas City? 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067. You want to get in? G&D from the St. James on the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Eric Bieniemy is working to fill out his staff as we speak. A couple of interviews ongoing today over in Ashburn. Welcome back, Grant and Danny. On the fan, the question for you guys, what's this offense going to look like compared to what he was helping to run in Kansas City? What are the major differences going to be? I think they're going to run it more here, just based on personnel. I think they'll ask a lot less of... Sam Howell. Have to, right? Then you ask of Patrick Mahomes because one's Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> uh, that's my obvious take. But really, notably, I do think the idea of Tavita Pritchard, who's the Stanford uh, quarterback's coach, was interviewing today, is a possibility to cement what I'm kind of gunning for, which would be a little bit more of some of the college read option type stuff, some pistol that I think is going to really work with Sam Howell. And I'll bet Biennemi brings that to the party. Um, a lot of his film study over the years, plays he found, Reed gave him credit for, were from college, right? And I think you study enough of that. you got a quarterback whose experience is almost exclusively at that level. Yep. You might as well you know, try to, to bring some of that to Howell to help with his growth here in the next year. Let's go to the phones. 800-636-1067. Ed is in Springdale. What do you think this offense will look like? What's up, Ed? Hey, hey, how you guys doing? Come in. You know, I I think it's going to be um, Kansas City light. And, and, and here's why. It's because we have the quarterback, and hopefully we'll draft a top-notch tight end. Here's the thing about our quarterback. He had the fourth most passing yards in D1 in 2020 and the third most rushing yards of any QB in 2021. We can go back for years, and we won't find a quarterback with those kind of stats. Now, if we bring in someone like a Michael Meyer or, worst case, a Darnell Washington, then we're looking at getting, not Kelsey, but, you know, someone who could do a lot of the things that Kelsey does, be that red zone target, be someone who could block as well. I, I think uh, we'll, we'll look a lot like Kansas City, Kansas City Lights. And that'll be enough to get us in the playoffs. Hey, Kansas City's a top five offense. If Kansas City Light is a top 17 offense. I think that's, a, yeah, then he's absolutely right. That's big growth, right? Yep. That, that, that makes some sense, and I'll sign up for that. I like a lot of what he had to say. I'm on board with getting a tight end to make some plays, whether that's one of these young guys already in the building used differently or going out and adding either by way of a draft pick or spending some money at that position for the young quarterback. I'm really interested, though, in Howell and Biennemi and the two of those guys getting together and trying to figure out where they get on the same page and what he can do for Howell because, to the caller's point, he's proven he can throw the ball. He's proven he can run the ball at the highest level of college football, uh -huh. power conference, ACC. Like, with all due respect to Taylor Heineke, Danny, this ain't old dominion. Nope. You know what I'm saying? This wasn't some random level. He did it in the ACC. And I understand that's not the SEC, but they played some of those teams. He has always performed, and he just kind of was a chameleon. Oh, we got weapons outside? I'll sling it around. Oh, we don't? Now I got to run? I'll do that. 
He put up numbers. That's why I was wildly impressed with him. Uh, nah, let me rephrase. That's why I was impressed with him. He was my favorite quarterback coming into this class for, for that reason. He, they lost a lot of talent, and it's not Alabama. where they, they just have number one overall draft picks waiting in the wings. So they had to change offenses, basically. And he ran it, as you said, uh, for double-digit touchdowns and almost 1,000 yards. Flip side of that is teams weren't that impressed with him. Because he went in the fifth totally. round. Yeah. You know, that can't be forgotten either. As much as we look back and we go, look at his profile, four rounds went by in a league where everyone takes quarterbacks too early mm -hmm. and no one called his name. Kevin's in Arlington online too. What's up, Kevin? Hey, guys. Yeah, hey um, well, the, the first thing that's very exciting are these assistant coaching hires on offense. That's very exciting. Still been talking about all day because, you know, we're getting away from the Carolina approach, which, didn't work. That was cronyism at its, work, uh, at its very worst. And um, so that's exciting. What you've been saying about Sam being a dual threat, very exciting because, uh, you know, first of all, uh, he's in the building and he's already, you know, gone through his rookie season. A player typically makes the biggest jump in the NFL in their second season. Um, I'm just hoping, though, you know, I keep hearing Stan Dig and others, you know, that, and I know we need a corner. You know, like, my God, if we go defense again on the first time, we have been starving the offense of starters, whether they be O-linemen or uh, a tight end. And speaking of a tight end, um, I'm going to go with uh, Notre Dame again. I wanted Kyle Hamilton last year. thought we needed safety. That all worked out beautifully because we ended up getting uh, Dotson and Robinson and Hal with our first. So good on, good on us for that. But, that kid from Notre Dame is a terrific tight end, ready to come in and be everything you would need. And he's not projected to go higher than where we're picking. So, no, he's I mean, actually really – thanks hope. for the call. I, I hate to cut you off, buddy. I, I love the call as always, Kev. You know that we're up against it here at the end of the hour. got to say bye to our Richmond audience in a moment. But M Michael Mayer is the tight end from Notre Dame who's pegged right in that 16 to 20 range. Obviously, Washington is set to pick 16th, so – he could be there. Do you really want to use a first-round pick on a tight end with all your needs? I'm not so sure. Is Logan Thomas still on the roster at that point? That's probably a factor in that conversation as well. That's something we can further dive into. In fact, let's actually discuss tight end as a need here in a moment because I, I do think they probably would tell you they got plenty. They, they have invested they a have lot people of there. time and energy, in, and they have young up-and-coming options. Uh, so let's get into that next. 800-636-1067 is the number. What do you think this offense will look like under Eric Bieniemy? We're Grant and Danny on the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.